Welcome to the Take the Cake podcast. I am your host, Kate Noel, and I am so happy you're here. My mission is to inspire you to be the best version of yourself by truly honoring what your mind, body, and soul want and need. Here, we talk about everything and anything, wellness, recovery, lifestyle stuff, lots more. Thank you so much for being here, and I hope you enjoy the show. Hello, beauties, and welcome to the Take the Cake podcast. How are we doing? I am doing a solo cast today, and I'm doing a Q&A, and this one is about hypothalamic amenorrhea. So hypothalamic amenorrhea is when you miss your period for three months in a row, and it's a diagnosis. Um, I would say most of the time people skip the diagnosis, um, but it is something that if you are experiencing, you should absolutely talk to your doctor about and, uh, you know, preferably a doctor who knows your history, knows about um, disordered eating or any other stressful conditions happening in your life. But um, I'm, I'm going to assume that most of you already know what HA is. And I'm assuming if you are listening to this, then you probably have it or maybe you know somebody that has it. Um, but it's essentially when there is an imbalance of this is like fundamental, an imbalance of stress in the body, um, meaning you have too much stress and that can manifest in a lot of ways in the human body. But if you are a menstruating person, then that can manifest as not ovulating. So the body turning off ovulation and you missing periods. Um, so it's okay. Uh, most, you know, I'm not a doctor or a medical professional. Um, although I've heard from my personal OBGYN and from other medical professionals that it's okay to sometimes skip a period depending on the person. Um, but you know, three in a row or chronically skipping periods or having really like long cycles. Um, that's, that's an issue, right? That indicates hormonal imbalance. So Ultimately, what happens with HA is that the body, there is some sort of stress and danger that the body perceives. So if you're listening to this podcast, most likely the danger that your body is perceiving is starvation in the form of under eating and or over exercising. So doing too much exercise, exerting too much energy and not eating enough to replenish the body and replenish the minerals in the body. Um, and then there's also, you know, life stressors that can result in HA. So moving or death or, you know, these bigger life stressors, changing your job, school, th those can also sleep, those can also impact um, and affect HA. But the, the overall general population that this podcast episode is for is for th those people who are in recovery from healing a bad relationship with food, um, and then they're also missing their periods. So um, I'm just going to go ahead and go through the questions and answer them as I go. So somebody asked uh, me, I'm feeling defeated after gaining weight and having all the symptoms of getting my period back, but no period, so no bleeding. Um, so this is obviously frustrating because as we know, hopefully by now, uh, periods are, are missing periods is missing ovulation. And, um, something that many people need to do is weight restore. So gain weight and, um, really weight is honestly like a secondary symptom. I would say 
in terms of hypothalamic amenorrhea, meaning the real issue is that you're not getting enough daily energy and which which means you you don't weigh enough which means you don't have your period so really what i'm trying to say is that the underlying issue is not eating enough a weight is a a weight as a reflection of the way that we um our bodies are being treated in this world um either in ways that we can control or not first of all it can take three months or more of consistently feeding your body and consistently um, doing all the things, resting and feeding your body and walking instead of cardio and eating way more macronutrients, whole milk instead of vat-free stuff, you know, all these things that you're doing, it, it takes up to three months for the body to actually like reflect um, in its physiology what you're doing. So that means I could be doing everything right, but it's not until like the three month mark or so, so everyone's different, where I would actually start to ovulate. So I want to make sure that you keep that in mind. It can take even more time and eating enough, resting, you know, everyone's body is so, so different. Uh, having symptoms, this person has symptoms like cervical mucus or boobs, night sweats. These are all amazing signs from your body that you are on the right track. So all in all, I'd say keep going. You most likely, you know, are are just around the corner. You're probably a lot closer than you think. And I think it's important to celebrate all symptoms, right? Because obviously we want to ovulate and we want to get our periods because it's such a tangible victory. But having, you know, restoring your weight and having food freedom, let's celebrate that too, right? Let's celebrate the fact that you're having other symptoms like, you know, there are many symptoms of HA recovery that's not just um, having your period, right? We can um, be closer and closer and closer to having our periods back, you know, night sweats, (laughs) so hot, right? Night sweats, um, different cervical mucus, so having that egg white mucus or just having any cervical mucus. I know that so many women are just like dry down there for so long. So just having any sort of cervical mucus come back is great. Um, sore boobs, um, being hungrier, just any signs of metabolic healing. Those are all really, really important. And those are things to be celebrated. If you're interested in learning more about the signs of metabolic healing, I have an episode previous to this that you can definitely check out. Okay. Um, somebody said, I got my period back. When will my extreme hunger go away? So extreme hunger is it's a love-hate relationship, right? Because it's a really good thing that our metabolisms are again turning back on and we're going into a state where our bodies are getting out of starvation. So our metabolism is revving up. That's essentially what extreme hunger is. And it's just one of those reminders that we need patience and consistency to heal from maybe years, months of restriction. So it's really such a beautiful way that your body is communicating with you. And like I said, it's a good sign. Being hungry is a really, really good sign. Um, and I think I mentioned this last time, but or in last uh, episode, but there are many types of hunger. There's appetite, physical hunger, and then there's um, emotional hunger. And all of these hungers are really valid and they're all important to address in recovery. So just honor that extreme hunger and your hunger and fullness cues will come back. It will pass extreme hunger. Like I said, it's really a crazy time because it can come in waves. It can go away, can come back. 
Um, and having your period back, I just want us to remember, I think this, I, I fell in this trap too, of feeling like getting my period back is the ultimate goal. And once I bleed, I am recovered. And maybe even I can go back to my old ways of restricting or over-exercising. And in reality, having your period back, especially if you just get one period, is a marker that you're doing the right thing. It's a it's a validation. It's a step in the, it's a big step in the right direction. So yes, it's worth celebrating, absolutely, but it's not the final destination when it comes to fully healing from, you know, an eating disorder or just fully healing from a really stressful time in your life um, or compulsive exercise, whatever your root cause or causes might be. So I think just remembering, like, give yourself a hug, like you got your period, that's so great. And now you can keep working on fully recovering so that you don't, you have your period every month and you have food freedom and you have, you know, fertility and, and what, whatever reason that you want to, you know, healthy bones, whatever reason you want to have your period, which there are tons of reasons why you want to ovulate and have your period, celebrate that you're just closer and closer to that freedom. And the extreme hunger, honestly, is kind of, to me, a way that your body is thanking you and like, let's keep going. As silly as that might sound, I think that's what's happening. Okay, my next question is, somebody said, does it mean I'm healed if I get my period even though it's not every month? It's like every two months. Okay, so this is definitely something to discuss with your OB. And honestly, look, deep down, are you still restricting? Is there, are you still exercising too much? Are you not taking time for yourself or you're not implementing self-care? Because if there's any part of you that's feeling like you are not fully there, I'm not, I don't want to like blame this person because I have no idea. Maybe, maybe this is why I want you to talk to your OB or your doctor because who knows, maybe it's something else. But if you are still restricting in any way, um, then keep going to get your cycle into more of a normal range. You know, there's no destination. When I got my cycle back, I was still in quasi recovery, to be honest. I had a really bad experience with um, a professional tell me, ask me the question, how much did you weigh when you got your period back? And I told her how much I weighed and she said, okay, well, that's probably about the weight that you want to be. And I clung on to that number so hard and I would not let myself go above that number. Um, and that I had 60 day cycles. That's not normal, right? That's, that's too long. So I was in quasi recovery and now that I'm fully recovered, my cycles are about every 30 to 32 days. Um, so everyone's body is really different. Um, but I think it's important to remember that just because you have one period at one certain weight of time of your life, maybe it was even regular at that time of your life. Our weight regulation system is so smart and our body knows that we our, our body knows that we're restricting in any way and our set weight point will and can go up throughout our lives. It can go up and can stay the same. So um, one way that we can help it to not go up is by healing our metabolism and eating enough so our body is not in starvation mode. Um, but yeah, I would say talk to your OB, but if your period is coming every couple months or longer, um, and you're still restricting in any sort of way or neglecting yourself, or you're still living in fight or flight in like some area of your life, like maybe your job or a relationship that you have in your life, examine that and spend some time working through that area of your life and see if, you know, 
you can get your period to be a little bit sooner, the cycles to be uh, shorter. Okay, somebody said, I don't have the resources to get my hormones tested. Can I still recover just by eating? So I honestly believe that you can get your period back and start ovulating again through just managing your stress. And honestly, like so many of my clients, including myself in my recovery journey, have such a um, numbers and analytical focus it's like numbers control. And so honestly, like hormone testing is great. But if you're one of those people who like you've had your period in the past and you have definitely been restricting and like, you know, you have hypothalamic amenorrhea, you know what you need to do, then I don't, and you're, and you're like in recovery from an eating disorder, obviously get talked to your doctor. Um, but if your doctor is down for you just to like not focus on the numbers and just to eat, more food, then take your doctor up on that advice and go for it. I mean, our bodies have a deep understanding and they will talk to us. So a part of my work with a lot of my clients is also just like noticing what your body is telling you all the time. Like when we have a disordered relationship with food, when we have these toxic beliefs about ourselves, we really numb out and we often don't hear what our body's trying to tell us. So part of this journey is to listen to your, you know, intrinsic cues that your body actually is giving to you and just maybe start to notice those a little bit more. And if you can be a little bit more cognizant of how your body is talking to you throughout the day, it could be um, way more powerful than, you know, a super expensive hormone test. Not to say those aren't great. Love them. Great. Amazing. If you have access to them, that's awesome. But if not, I don't want you to be discouraged. Somebody said, is it normal to experience lots of egg white cervical mucus before period without a positive ovulation over-the-counter ovulation test? So if you don't know, you can track ovulation with lots of tools, and a lot of them are actually free or low cost. Uh, the main way I always know I'm ovulating is A, timing. You know, as I've had my cycle, I've gotten to know my body a lot more. And then uh, your cervical mucus. So the stuff that's coming out of your vagina, uh, it might sound a little bit weird or gross. Although why does it sound weird or gross? That's a whole other topic, but, uh, it's not weird or gross. It's totally normal. And, um, at different times of the month, we have different types of cervical mucus. So when we ovulate, when we're ovulating, ovulation itself only lasts like a day or two, but, you can still get pregnant before you ovulate, which is around five or six days. So um, during those days, you'll have a cervical, egg white cervical mucus. And by that, I mean your cervical mucus will be stretchy and it will be the consistency of egg whites. So this person is saying, is it normal to have lots of that before the first period without a positive uh, over-the-counter ovulation test? And some of those, first of all, some of those tests aren't always accurate. Um, cervical mucus, in my experience, is always a good sign. Like egg white cervical mu mucus is always a good sign. And um, an alternative to the over-the-counter strips can be tracking your basal body temperature. So that's a really good indicator of ovulation. So you can find really affordable ones on Amazon. You can also find like pretty expensive ones. Um, and you can do your own research, but essentially it's uh, tracking your fertility with your temperature immediately upon waking. 
Um, and like I said, it's a really good way to understand if you're ovulating and it takes a couple months or more to really get the hang of it. But it's one of those things that once you do get the hang of it, it can be a really good tool, especially if you're trying to conceive. Somebody said, is acupuncture helpful for recovery? Um, I love this question because healing is really just not linear. Um, we can have so many different healing tools and healing modalities. And the reality is, is what works for somebody is not always going to work for somebody else. I have my best friend. She got her period back with the help of acupuncture. My other best friend didn't do acupuncture and got her period back. So I think it's all about what you need. And it's all about understanding your own needs and your own body. And if acupuncture is something that seems interesting to you and it would de-stress you, if it's a self-care thing that you really look forward to. Um, and I think if you, if you personally subscribe to that belief, like I personally think that Chinese medicine and acupuncture is incredible and I 100% am behind it. Um, and I know people who don't agree with that. Maybe they don't think it's effective. Same with any other type of healing tool. Same, some people hate Western medicine. Some people love Western medicine. So I think it's about your posture and what you personally want. So if you are interested in acupuncture, it's something that you have an open mind about. Um, I think it can be such an amazing healing tool. I personally love it. It's so relaxing. I've actually been meaning to get into my acupuncturist for sleep because I've had a little bit of trouble sleeping lately. So that's something that's inspiring me to get in there. Okay. Somebody said, what supplements did you take? So, um, I probably sound like a broken record cause I've said this before, but I did attempt to take supplements, but they did not end up helping me get my cycle back sustainably on their own. Um, I was taking a lot of herbs that I was either reading about online or, you know, whatever that uh, were prescribed to me. And I wasn't really being fully honest with myself about my actual stress, which was not eating enough and over-exercising and not addressing my stressful life. So really we need to get back to the basics and the foundations of having a healthy and functioning metabolism and hormones. So eating enough, exercising less, and de-stressing our lives is the best thing that we can do. So you know, asking our bodies to metabolize supplements can honestly do more harm than good at times because your mental health is involved and your physical body is involved. And digesting supplements and giving more to your body um, can be very confusing to the body and it can send a lot of mixed signals. So I don't personally recommend if you have HA just to, just to supplement, like I'm not a doctor, but I'm I, I wouldn't say just take supplements and you're going to get your period back. While that might work for some people, I'm guessing you don't want to be taking these supplements for the rest of your life or it doesn't seem like a very healthy thing. So I am team like let's get our bodies to ovulate naturally. Um, and sometimes supplements can be really helpful depending on the supplement that you want to take. Like I take supplements. I'm not anti-supplement at all. Um, in fact, I think supplements are amazing. It's just about your intention and if you are if you have the foundations down or not, that's what I would say. So vitamin D, zinc, magnesium, selenium, vitamin C, all the B vitamins, these are really important nutrients for healthy ovulation. 
Um, but honestly, like I'm all about getting them from food sources and not necessarily supplementing them. Obviously, make sure you get tested. If possible, make sure you don't have like extreme nutrient deficiencies and mineral and vitamin deficiencies. But if you don't, um, most of the time, you know, we're able to get most of our minerals and nutrients from food as long as we have a balanced diet. And that's what I would say. Um, but be sure to get checked and get, you know, a blood work panel done and make sure that you don't have any extreme deficiencies that need to be addressed with supplements. And that will be recommended by your doctor. Somebody said, I got my period at BMI blank. I'm not going to say which BMI. Does this mean I can stop gaining and start exercising? So yeah, so I would say um, no. <laughs> I mean, I don't know you, um, but I would say if you are so focused on the weight and the exercise, like when I can start exercising again, when can I stop, you know, can I stop gaining? To me, this is like you don't necessarily like i'm i'm sensing that you don't necessarily trust your body quite enough yet because we have a, all have a weight regulation system that's like built into our metabolism and into our bodies and so many of us i think forget that that exists so oftentimes we will just be manipulating and controlling our weight for so long that we forget that our body wants to be at a healthy weight range so if we eat an excess amount of food some days or not enough food some days, our body should be able to relatively compensate on its own without us going and like exercising compulsively or cutting back a lot on the foods that we're eating. Basically, we all should be able to like manage our weight if we have a healthy metabolism uh, without the need to manipulate and control. So I would say this is a sign to me that it's time for you to really work on maybe some of these deeper issues that is, you know, why did I lose my period in the first place? What does exercise mean to me? What do I expect from my exercise routine or from these moves I'm doing? What to, does this weight mean for me? Can I be okay with being in the body that I have now? Um, just like asking yourself these deeper questions can be uh, really good, I think, in your journey. Okay, next question says, do you think it's worth quitting exercise for recovery as opposed to modifying? This is definitely up to the individual person. Uh, recovery is definitely a journey of finding out what works for you and a journey of self-exploration. So I do think there are cases where it's dangerous for people to continue to exercise when they're in recovery. Um, and then there are people who it can be really, really beneficial for them to modify as opposed to completely quitting. Um, I think it's always wise to explore gentle types of movement like walks or yoga, riding a bike, going for a swim. I think this is important to get a doctor involved and just make sure you're cleared to do movement because if you go into the office and they take your vitals, they take your weight, they, you know, check, check your stuff and you really shouldn't be exercising. That's like a whole other story. Yeah. But I would say like, talk to your doctor and make sure that you're in the clear. And just like last question I answered, why, you know, just exploring why exercise is important to you and what it means to you and what your intentions are with it and what your healthy self-intentions are versus your eating disorder intentions. So um, that's something I would say. 
Somebody said, how to fix long cycles after initial recovery periods. Mine are still so long. Oh my gosh, I totally can relate to this. Um, I will say, just keep going. You know, you have got this. You are still on the journey, but you're on the right track. So this is not the time to quit. You got to keep going. And sometimes we got to push the edge a little bit. You know, we got to push a little bit and see okay, maybe I'm still restricting a little or maybe I'm not quite going for it here and can I um, either be patient and see if they right, if they get um, your cycles get closer together or can I kind of push my edge if I haven't really completely pushed my edge just yet. Okay, those are all of my answers to some of your questions. If you would like to get in on the next one, you can follow my Instagram, which is at Kate Noel, two underscores. And I also have an Instagram for the Take the Cake podcast, which is at Take the Cake Pod. Both of those will be linked down in the show notes. So be sure to check that out. Thank you so much for tuning in. Best of luck on your journey. You got this and hope you have a great day.